0: Um
1: look, did you <laughs> what what a good way to start, Chad, you ready? Yep, all right, we're live. uh
0: uh, hey boy, did you forget who the crap you're talking to? Uh, it, I, I I think over the last little while, <laughs> I think over the last little while, son, you 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 have forgotten who the crap you're talking to, son. That's all right. I'm about to remind you. About to show you a thing or two, boy. Let's see it. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. You uh let's see it. I've let you slip for too long, boy. Slip? Yeah. I let you, about? I'll Sli- let you slip for too long. What are you talking
1: about slipping?
0: Well, it's on me to set the standard around here. What are you talking about? Lord knows you ain't going to do it. What are you talking about? I mean, you're just slipping in all angles, man. You're getting weak. Video crap's making you weak. Computer stuff's making you weak. Uh, friggin' not training's making you weak. Not racing's making you weak. What else? All that, all that stuff. You always trying weeks making you weak. <laughs> Look, you always trying to make me film these stinking videos, man.
1: That crap just makes you weak, dude. That crap's a distraction. I think it's weak to not do what you're supposed to do and what you commit to do.
0: No, I didn't oh. come out... I ain't commit to do nothing. Sure did. I didn't commit to do nothing. Sure did. Look, y'all have both gotten way out of whack with what 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 all
2: this is all about (laughs) youtube hey tig said weak he's the only one here that's about to walk into a workout so tig already worked out man (laughs) tig already pt'd
0: this morning man i'm gonna talk to y'all about training here in just a minute Mm, that'll be good. Yeah, because you know what, most of y'all are, are are all stuck in the same mindset that Blake and Chili are stuck in. That your little one hour a week PT is going to do anything for you. <laughs> That's my mindset. Most of y'all are stuck in that <laughs> mindset. Yeah. Um. While we're talking about training, before we kick this podcast off, I haven't I haven't picked the I haven't picked the team. For the Rite of Passage, the ROP course in June yet. So there's still some time if you want to put your application in. Send the application. If you don't know how to send an application, if you want to train at the Rite of Passage, June 9 9 through 11. I'll make it real easy for you. Because we take all comers, even smooth brains. So I'll make it real easy for y'all. Just click the description of this episode and there's going to be a link in there. No, it's not going to be a link. It's going to be an email address because there ain't no link because everybody's like, what is this rite of passage course? I tried to find it on your website. It ain't on the dang website. (laughs) Everything ain't got to be on a stinking website, man. This ain't corporate... Canned, this is what we do, man. It'll be an email address. Send an email in if you want to train. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you better have your crap wired tight if you come train with me, man. Because I'm about tired of being nice. Yeah, I'm about to take you all to the next level. Because of all the smooth brains... We have created a new shirt. Chili has created a new shirt for you guys. Because YouTube, there are enough of you that are... I don't know. I don't want to call you dumb. But I don't know what else to call you.
2: But... (laughs) That's not very edifying.
0: When, when I, I I didn't call him, I said I don't want to call him dumb, but I can't think of another word, so I'm just not gonna call him nothing. Okay, okay. So that would be uh by default, dumb. Um. Uh, <laughs> when 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 my little brother Blake, our tech guy, when he posts a video on YouTube teaching y'all how to shoot guns better, because he's the best shooter of all of us. Y'all all come in on there and think it's me. <laughs> what the? What is wrong with you, Ben? So we've made a shirt for all the smooth brains. I'm wearing it right now. It's a new color. Sherbet green. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this shirt.
1: <laughs> Throw him one, Blake. Oh, we got it, it there. It can y'all yeah, see this?
2: Oh, yeah. They can see it.
0: Yeah. Don't mess with the tech guy. I freaking love that shirt. And don't get the tech guy confused with me. All right. The tech guy's the money man. The tech guy makes the magic happen. If you've ever seen, if you've ever had an email responded to, it ain't me. All right. Don't mess with the tech guy. (laughs) Sherbert green, son. Is there anybody watching this right now that's named Green? <laughs> Sherbet Green?
2: <laughs> Sherbet. Oh, this is insane.
0: If you're on <laughs> here right now,
2: you are B I T. Sherbet.
0: <laughs> Sherbet Green, if you're on here right now, I'm gonna send you a shirt for free. Alright. So <laughs> Roger up dude, if you're on here,
1: man. There's nobody named Sherbet, dude. <laughs> Well, if there ain't, there should be. What about a... What if there was a, a Herbert Green? That might... That could be. No. That could be, though. That's close enough.
2: Herbert, maybe, but not <laughs> Herbert.
1: <laughs> It'd be Herbert. That's close enough. We'll give it to him, too. Uh, live where can people buy this, man? But, well, you just trashed websites. So here's but, something
0: that is on the website. <laughs> well,
1: the website. Just 3 of 7 Projects store. You should be able to navigate to it. If not, well...
0: Somebody just bought one.
2: <laughs> really?
0: Say who who, is bought, it, who is it bought
2: Dr. Akonian? No. Two people just bought one. <laughs> Dr. Akonian said he bought one. I gotta oh, say. Oh, that's Anthony.
1: Anthony who? Anthony uh what how you say his last name? Paulus. He'll if he's on there, he'll he's watching. He can correct what me. What the crud, man? Why can I not see these orders, Chili?
2: Chile, <laughs> Justin Sheeley said he just ordered one. Okay. Anthony Lewis Paulus. And Justin Sheely. Yeah. Hey, Matt McIver said that his bedroom name is Sherbet Green.
1: That's what his wife
2: <laughs> <voice> calls <laughs>
0: Sherbet Green, boy!
1: Well, these are a limited run, you know, so... Sheely, every shirt you make a limited run. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're, you're... Yeah. Now, don't... Oh, man. We can talk about that later, but yeah. This,
0: this dang shirt... I, if if y'all can't couldn't see it in the camera well enough, somehow Chili has made this shirt, and the image of the tech guy on this shirt—it literally looks just
1: like Blake. It's a picture of him, dude. Shout out to Fonzie for these shirts, by the way. Thank you, Fonzie. Yep,
2: it's a, it is a pretty. That's epic Bla- shirt.
1: That is Blake's number one fan, Fonzie. Fonzie. And Fonzie's wife. I
0: thought your grandma was Blake's number one fan. Well,
1: Blake's got so many fans, it's well, hard to it's hard to rank them. But
0: he does have the good thing about a lot of Blake's fans, though, is a lot of them just think it's me. So <laughs> then I get double fanned. I get the double fan load.
1: <laughs> so a lot of people think you do what you do and what Blake does because you're just one person. That must be nice.
0: <clears throat> look, look here, guys. We are three separate people. Yes, we make one person, but we're three separate people, like the Trinity, all right? Um, Let's not go down that road. Look, so if you see Blake on YouTube, it's Blake. Chili is a separate person. I'm a separate person, but we all make one. But you should still have enough sense to know which one we are, all right? What the daggone crap is wrong with people, man? Some
2: people said, boy, this must be an old video back before Chad grew his beard. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, here the problem with, with doing this right now is everyone that's listening to this probably doesn't make that mistake. Yeah. But the people who do make the mistake are not watching this right now. That's probably the, the biggest thing that's going to keep you frustrated in all this. No,
0: no, I'm not, I'm not frustrated. Oh. I think it's wonderful. It gives me something to talk about on the podcast. People, keep doing stupid stuff. Please. I'm going to get on there and talk about my time in the seals. (laughs) Yeah, keep doing stupid stuff. It gives us something to talk about. We absolutely love it. The world would be a boring place without people not doing stupid stuff. So, (sighs) it's really a blessing. This episode is brought to you by our hydration partner, Hoist. Yeah, that's right. Made in the USA. On the cutting edge of hydration supplement. I have put this stuff through the test. I drank this for twenty four hours straight when I was doing the treadmill run. When I crushed Chili's soul for the second time. Uh, and let me tell you what it works. It's better than water. It has all the stuff you need. Seventy calories. It's got calcium, potassium, magnesium. Chili, what does magnesium do for
1: you? Lots of stuff. It's it's, um, it's a part, you know, a lot of people think electrolytes mean sodium. Sodium. Well, this has sodium in it too. Right. Well you, need so, well, you need sodium, but you don't just need sodium. You need potassium, calcium, magnesium, all that. It helps for um, every cell in your body to function properly. They're okay. all very important.
0: Okay. So hoist has got it all. And yes, it is outstanding. Tastes good, works really well, and they're awesome people behind the brand, behind the product. Okay? Go get you some Darn Hoist. Go get you some right now. Go to drinkhoist.com. They got a really easy web website. They do have something that's on a website. Why'd man. you get mad at websites or <laughs> these don't be these don't mess with the tech guy shirts are just flying off the shelves, man. Well, Thank you guys. I told you. He's we're got about me. to see, yeah, we're about to really get a gauge on how many fans Blake has.
2: Yep. Y'all don't let me down. You you hadn't let me down yet. The sticker club, you know, pulled right on through. Yeah,
1: you won the dang sticker club contest. Yep. <laughs> that wasn't even a contest until you made it one and you won. Yep. Chad, yeah, that, you, that was kind of you. Destroyed Chad on that. Oh yeah, he went on Instagram whining and complaining, begging for people to get the sticker, and they still didn't. Well, that's pretty sorry.
0: That that kind of there's some details about that that you know
2: <laughs> about what the sticker club? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. The only detail they need to know is you lost.
0: Well, yeah, that's because you had like two people go on and order like a hundred stickers of
2: you. Hey, it, it's. Quality, not quantity. Winning's winning, man. I mean, you know, I'll teach you how to win in that arena one day.
1: Well, We may have a specialized Chad shirt coming soon. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Or maybe
2: a specialized sticker at least.
1: Yeah. Hey.
2: So,
0: I'll talk to you guys a little bit about training. Hey, YouTube. Hey.
2: What's up, YouTube?
0: What's up, YouTube? Do do any of you guys train? We know TIG trains. Mm Mm-hmm. Let, let me know in the comments. Does any of y'all train or what? Okay. I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about training right now. <laughs> well,
2: I know got good I know that um Kyle Chiraboga trains because every podcast live he messages and asks if we're gonna be at the CrossFit on Saturday. He wants to come train with us. So I know he trains. Okay. We well, ain't gonna be there this weekend. We're not Kyle, but, we're not there at CrossFit much on Saturdays, but Justin Justin Sheely said he trains on a spin bike right now. Spin bike, Justin? What the crap, man? You're a mountain biker. Oh, here we go. This guy, Chase Slider, he only cold plunges, so you know he trains. <laughs> Recovery activity. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of folks on here training. Okay, good, good.
0: All right, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about training. Well, <clears throat> the fact of the matter is... <clears throat> Around here at 307 Project, I'm about the only one that really trains anymore. Um, and so, I've been training right much here lately. Last week, had about 75 miles worth of running. About 20 miles worth of hiking. Hundreds, if not thousands of reps in the gym. Foam roll, did a little recovery stuff. And man, it feels good to be training again. But you know, for the last year or so, you know, I've just been doing these little one hour a day workouts and these guys, Chili, they think that's enough. It ain't enough for where I'm going. It ain't enough for where I'm going, Chili. All right. Why are, you, why are you putting words in mine and Blake's mouth? So, um, I've got me a, I've got me a, a, a young man that I have hired out to help train me, because here's the thing: you are always, if you're training yourself, you're always gonna bias to the things that you are best at. So it's really hard when you're when you're training to to do everything that you need to do in order to reach your maximum potential because our minds are weak and we're going to bias toward the things that we're good at even if it's subconsciously. All right. So I got my man Hamza. I'm training with him twice a week. I'm doing all my running and stuff on my own. Except for Wednesdays when Chili runs with me. Well, runs behind me. Uh, but I got my man, Holmes, and, and here's, here's what's cool about this cat, man. That's what it looked like last week. What? You didn't beat me on a run last week? Okay. Oh, yeah, the four-mile time run, yeah. um, That don't count. Oh. Here's what I like about documented. Here's what I like about my man Hamza. This cat, man, I trained with him Sunday. And he busted me up Sunday, son. I'm talking about he busted me up. All right. That's at the end of a hard week of running. Well, I hit him up. And I say, hey man, let's train Tuesday and Thursday. Because I wanted a day in between him busting me up on Sunday before I went back and saw him again.
1: Yeah, that'd probably be smart.
0: Because that joker breaks me off, man. And he said, uh, "He said, well, that ain't going to work. Let's train Monday and Tuesday. And uh, I said, Hamza, I got to run 20 miles on Monday, man. He don't give a crap. That joker don't care that I got to run 20... 20- he don't this is this is the thing. This is what keep in mind, this guy is a world class CrossFit games athlete. His life is training. I mean, when he's getting ready for the games, he's training 8 hours a day minimum. And so when I come to him and I tell him, "Okay, I want to go and I'm I'm actually I'm going to I'm going to do my best to win this event that I have coming up, this race." Well, he takes that literally. And then automatically his expectation is, "Okay, you want to be the best, so I'm just going to assume that you're going to commit all day to your training like I do." Like Hamza, like he does. And so, when I tell him I got to run 20 miles on Monday, he's like, roger that.
2: Why are you telling me?
0: Uh, yeah, I'll see you. I'll see you when at our scheduled time, right? And I'll tell you another thing about this guy's training philosophy that I like. And... Um, Chili, don't, Chili probably don't like any of this because he thinks he knows everything about training, but he, he ain't even that good. <laughs> um, I'll tell you another thing about Homs' training philosophy that I like. I'm watching this guy, and even when I used to watch him when he was training up for the games, he would always do a little more. He would always do a little more. He would he would always add a little more weight than he had to. He would always just go a, a little. And this is the every I've noticed this every time I go and work with him. I he knows what I've got coming. And so every time we work together, he wants to make the running aspect of it Harder than just running, if that makes any sense. So like, if if we have any running in our workouts, he has me carrying a daggone 40-pound sandbag or, or wearing some kind of weight or doing something that's causing more resistance than just just the activity of running. And I really like that, man, because here's the thing. I can't recreate the event that I'm about to go and do. I cannot recreate that in training. I only have these mini time blocks in training. So during that time, I really like that he is so adamant about making the activity harder within that mini time block than it's going to be out when you're actually competing. I just like that mindset, man. And don't get me wrong, you have to run the the regular miles, too. But every time you can get the opportunity to make it a little harder than it's going to be on race day, at least for a small segment, I think that's a wise decision. Another thing I like about this cat, man, he doesn't have any emotion at all. He literally just stands behind me and says, go faster go, go harder. Like no good jobs, no pat on the back. No. Oh, are your muscles sore today? Well, we're going to modify something. It's none of that crap, man. So training is going good. I feel stronger now This the, this is probably the last two weeks have been, I would go as far as to say the hardest two weeks of training that I have put in because I'm not usually a high miles running a week type of guy. And I would say just cumulatively, last week and then now going into this week are probably the hardest two weeks of training I've ever put in. And my body feels strong, man. The pale horse about to ride, son. I told y'all, I ain't messing around. What do you think, Chili?
1: Oh, it's. I mean, I don't know if you want to go into this. I mean, I, I fundamentally disagree with pretty much everything you just said. So I don't.
0: Well, that's why you're you.
1: Yeah, I mean, we can either talk about it or not. I mean, I have no disrespect to Hamza at all. I mean, I have I respect him a lot, and he is uh, literally a, 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 an elite, world class CrossFitter. But he can only help you do supplemental work for a 250 mile foot race this isn't some knock on him. He doesn't, he's not a runner. He doesn't, he's not a running coach to use him as like a primary workout like that is just foolish. It, it violates the uh, specificity aspect of training. That, the two pillars of training that matter most to everybody, regardless of what you do is specificity and consistency. So, I mean, I could literally dissect each piece of what you said, but I mean, I just, I fundamentally disagree with most of it. Like, that's not that's not how you should approach supplemental training, like the, the whole idea of the Monday thing after you you've got a twenty miler and you're sore from Sunday. Like, why would you not space out these supplemental workouts so you can recover from them and then get more benefit from them when you actually do them? Because I ain't a puss. Well, that's that's great that you're not a pussy, but like that's not going to get you as much better as you possibly can. I mean, that's that's great. It you do if you're a if you're a puss, that's gonna significantly hinder you but you can also do things in a smart way and that doesn't make you a puss that'll let someone like me train more optimally and you know you're you can bash your head in a wall all day and and look back at me and be like dude I'm so much tougher than you and maybe you are maybe you aren't and I'll be like okay well what about doing this the right way and then getting better results like basically you have a conflict of goals You have to decide what you'd rather do more. I just want to go hard, dude. Yeah, I mean, well, you have to decide, like... I just want to go hard. I'm hearing two goals from you right now. I'm hearing you want to be the toughest dude out there, and I'm hearing that you want to win this race. Those are two different goals. You got to be tough to win the race. Oh, no, I don't want to be tough. But to make your goal to be the hardest dude out there is not... That's not a good idea to win the race.
0: We'll see how that plays out. Well, okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> look, I'm, look, you surely will. Look, you too, dude. I could talk about this for hours. You, I mean, your you, train your mindset, mindset, your uh, thought process around training is literally half retarded. I mean, it doesn't even it doesn't even align with what your stated goals are. I mean, it's insane.
0: Yeah, a lot of people don't understand. it. <laughs> a lot of people don't understand. It's just because you're not ready to hear that yet. Yeah, a, a lot of people don't understand <laughs> how it works. Yeah. And then when they see me do what I do, they're like, how did that just happen? <laughs> well, I've never said that before. <laughs> so, so maybe I will this time. So I want you guys, uh, you know, Chile is obviously entitled to his opinions.
1: By the way, I don't think I know everything about training. I'm, but I want you guys
0: you uh, that are listening to take into consideration who the winner is sitting at this round table. <laughs> Take that into consideration. Put that in your training pipe and smoke it. boy. Because <laughs> somebody has crushed this choker uh, on multiple occasions. So put that in your training pipe and smoke it. Look, y'all don't even understand... <laughs> What is happening here, man? Y'all read all the books you want. You look at all the science you want. You look at all this. I'm not referencing books. I'm going to tell y'all, man. I'll
2: I'll reference one book. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness profits for all things. Yeah.
1: That's why Blake doesn't train. That's why I don't train. (laughs) I just do that one hour a day. I profit a little. Yeah, by the way, you made some mention to one hour a day. Yeah, who thinks one hour a day is good for what? I mean, what you're trying to do, dude, you need to train harder. By the way, you think you're training hard now, and you're not.
2: Well, when you think you're training hardest, that's a big mistake.
1: Well, look, you're not training hard as you think you are right now. You need to rewire what you think is hard, what the definition of hard is. You need to train a lot harder. You you only got an eight-week window. You need to train freaking hard. But more than that, you need to train smart. And you definitely ain't training smart. No, there ain't no there's no such thing as training smart. That's what a brilliant guy
0: says. Yeah, there's no such thing as training smart. That's someone who it's is... It's the
1: reps, man. Who's got a tailored plan, ready to go, well thought out. Yeah, that's what he says. It's the reps. Look, again,
0: I'll make the statement. Keep doing your glute bridges and see how fast you can run. Y'all have seen me crush Chili's soul many times so you you you, he'll he'll make a strong argument the old bull shows you the results
1: (laughs) well you know i mean if you want enough said i mean if you want to say that how much did either one of us i mean if you're talking about how training philosophies play out in the end neither one of i mean my training philosophy for the treadmill race was to not train so obviously that wasn't a good idea. I mean, I didn't ever get on the treadmill. If you want to look at other races we've done, you can look at that. You can see how that played out.
0: Well, we were one for one, but I'm the reigning champ right now. So really, you, your opinions don't matter at all.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think my opinions matter either.
0: I, I mean, your even your philosophies, they don't matter at all because they're not proven philosophies. You have to be the reigning champ to actually have a, a meaningful
1: well what would your, what would your philosophy be from the treadmill race? You didn't train for that either. Not specifically.
0: Yeah, I don't even really have to train. Well, and, I I could, and I'll still beat everyone.
1: Well, I don't either to beat you. I beat you all the time just on a whim random. Chili. There's all kinds of videos though. Not
0: it. not when it matters, man. When does it matter? I got to let you win sometimes on camera. <laughs>
1: When does it matter? That's a, that's, a, that's a meekness thing, man. You know when it matters is when you decide that it matters. <laughs> that's when it matters. <laughs> it's totally up so, to your discretion.
0: So everybody watching this, you make up your own dang mind who you want to listen to. All this specificity, smart, doing all this stuff. Or do you just want to go hard, man, and just crush everybody? 'Cause that's what it takes. All right. That's what it takes.
2: <laughs>
1: you got that. Chill. <laughs> that's literally illogical. And, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that's, that's licit, ain't it? Doesn't even make sense.
0: That's real licit. And whoever um I want to give y'all one more tip and then Blake's gonna talk to us some about scripture here. A lot of you guys, and including me. You, ha- you think you have all these nagging problems in life, right? There's all kinds of crap nagging at you, man. All these, um, what many would call first world problems. You got all this mess nagging at you, right? You got to do this and that and wash dishes and go to the DMV and pay your taxes and all this. Superfluous bull crap. Let me tell you what what you can do to minimize the significance of all of your little first world problems.
1: Train like me. <laughs> I love the moods you get in when you start training a little bit harder than go, you were. Go
0: go go <laughs> ahead and go out and inflict and, and go ahead and go out and inflict some real pain upon yourself and all of a sudden you're gonna realize all the little nagging bull crap is just gonna shrink. Go ahead and inflict some real pain upon yourself. You realize Man, nothing else really mattered about that crap, man. I'm hurting up in here.
1: <laughs> Tip of the week. You know, it it really throws you off. Tip of the week. No, No kidding. It throws your training off to actually have a race you're about to do. It throws you off because you don't, you would rather just, you know, like do it not for that. Yeah. Does that make sense? I mean, it really does throw you off to have a race that you're training for because Ex- it, it, it needs to be become about that race and getting ready for that race. But you can't do that.
0: Except nothing throws me off.
1: Well, okay, but you except that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you like you don't like that. You really don't like to have a race you're training for because you refuse to be smart and be a tactician about that race and and figure out the details of how like what what would be optimal for you to do you, because you don't want to do that. You just want to go hard and and have it change your day to day and and train for different reasons. It really does throw you. It's very interesting. It like you don't operate well with a specific goal like that.
0: No. I like you're right. I like the process more yeah. than I actually like the the event. Yeah. I like everything leading up to
1: it. So you should just do the process and not even race.
0: I'd run myself into the ground, son. Oh, I
1: thought I, I thought you couldn't do that. Oh, I can't. Oh. yeah. Thanks he for, would, but he can't. <laughs> I <laughs> would.
0: Thanks for reminding me of that. Hypothetically. <laughs> Appreciate okay. you reminding yeah, me of
1: that. I, well, yeah, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Run yourself in the ground. You can't do that. Not on 70 miles a week. So
2: Well, this has just all been fake talk up to this point, hasn't
1: it? <laughs> Dude, it's all a load of crap. Eventually, eventually, every lost soul out there will realize that. But as oh, your tip of the week. Uh, what, Chile? before we
0: go ahead and expound on scripture, um, should the people be worried about all these banks shutting down? No. Okay.
1: We'll save that for another time. Okay, you you don't want to pacify have,
0: their mind. At I all? have no
1: interest in talking about that, but actually yeah, yeah, you should be real worried. Everyone get get fired up, get get in a frenzy and freak out. Freak out. Start freaking out. Start prepping? Yeah, start prepping. You need to you, move all your money wherever it's at, just move it. I don't care where it's at, just whatever it is in, move it to something else. Yep. And then do that in a couple more weeks. Would you hold on to it if they wanted to move it to you? If they wanted to move it to me, I'd be glad to keep it, and then I'll move it somewhere else. Uh, Yeah. Chili's money management. You can certainly move it to me. That's perfectly fine.
0: So Chili's advice for you guys that are worried about all the banks. Just to freak out. These banks shutting down. It's going down. Freak out. Begin to prep. Mm Mm-hmm. Get your
1: freeze dried meal stocked up. To be honest with you, what you should do is, your money's not safe in a bank. So instead, you need to take all the money that you have and <laughs> invest it in, into assets like, uh, like boxed food. Yeah. Like those, like those, <laughs> <laughs> like those big buckets. Like if you honestly ten thousand dollars, what good is that doing sitting in cash underneath your mattress? You can't eat money. So put it into those survival buckets from Jim Baker or uh, Kenneth Copeland, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> they both have a trem- They both have a great product. <laughs> so I would recommend putting it in that because truly, if it's Whoa. in a bank, you're going to lose it. This way, you can't lose it. It's got like a 20 year shelf life on it. All right.
2: Well, if everybody just went and drew all their cash out of the bank, that'd be good too, wouldn't it? Well, exactly. Everybody go withdraw their. That'd speed phone. things up a little bit. That's exactly
1: yeah. what you should do. Any money in a bank, take it out. Any money in an investment in the stock market, take it. You got to take it out now. If, if you're going to lose some with that, you, you just got to take your loss and, and invest it in uh, storable food. And by the way, whenever those buckets go dry, think about how many use for, of those buckets. You could crap in it. You could <laughs> haul sand. <laughs> yeah. You could store water in you them. You could store water in them, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Dang, that's a good point. That's oh. what you
2: should do. can't ever have too many buckets no
1: no
0: um just a reminder all all the stuff that that you think is real and this money and all this stuff it's none of it's real y- your money is just it has no actual value um this whole system that, that we're all a part of here, it's all just a facade and it just hangs by a little thread, right? So in truth, the actual only thing that you can possess that can't be stolen from you is skill sets, actually knowing how to do something to serve yourself to serve your community, uh, to make yourself valuable. It's actually the only thing that you will ever possess that can't be stolen from you. So if you take Chili's advice and pull all your money out of the bank, spend your your useless currency on attaining some sort of skill sets to make yourself valuable. You know, my wife asked me the other day, she said, would you recommend that a young person w- join the military? And I said, you know what? Maybe I used to might would have said that, but I, I've changed my mind on that. I believe a young person should go and learn a literal, tangible skill to make themselves valuable in society. I think that's way, a way better path. Than joining the military. Yeah, you learn some skills in the military, depending on what you decide to do in the military. But like, I mean, like a trade, man. I think you should learn a trade. So, okay, Blake, thank you for being here today.
2: Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate <laughs> <it's an> honor <laughs> you. to
0: be here. Appreciate you being on the podcast. Yeah, um,
2: glad to be here. Do we got anybody watching? Yeah, we got uh, 111. All right, what's watchers. up,
0: YouTube? All right, <laughs> we're going to talk about some stuff here. Blake, now, Blake, I've really been proud of the tech guy here lately. We do have a new shirt out, just highlighting the tech guy. Um, you know, he's really beginning to broaden his or- horizons. He's starting to read more, study more. He's starting to think deeper about things, you know, and he hasn't been that way in the past. He's been very surface level, just very surface thought process, but he's really broadening his perception um, and, and his thinking. He, he's now accumulated volumes of books. They don't mean nothing, unless you read them. And (laughs) he's reading and studying. And he has some things that he wants to pass along to you guys today. Uh, We're going to talk about them here. And I'm just grateful to have you, Blake, because, you know, here lately in Scripture, I've been kind of bouncing around. There's there's no specific thing that I've been kind of honed in on. I've been reading a lot out of first and second Peter first John kind of these these books here and a lot of good things there but I haven't really honed in on anything so I see you've now purchased a volume of books I would like to know what exactly is it that you have been really honing
1: in on here lately friend
2: well thanks for the introduction although I feel like it might have had some sarcasm in there but well, no. it's,
1: it's psychological tricks, right? He yeah. gives you compliments and then beats you down and then lifts yeah. you back up. It's really abusive. It's an abusive relationship, really. Yeah.
2: Emotionally abusive. <laughs> yep. No, I bought uh, Yeah, I bought just a bunch of... Most of the books I bought lately are all books that are supplemental to Bible study. And uh, particularly, I bought these from Warren Wiersbe. I've been liking his commentary and some of his books and... uh so yeah, but lately what I've been studying. Well, first let me say, did you look at that paper I gave you the other day? Uh,
0: no, I have not
2: hadn't looked reviewed it, it yet. I um, I just think it's important for people to know, because one thing that aggravates me is when people use the Bible as a, a grab bag, is what I'll is the reference I use, where they'll just pull out scriptures of the Bible in order to support their Theories. So, basically, they're interpreting the Bible through their lives rather than their lives through the Bible. And does that make sense? Like, it, they believe this thing, and so they go pull scriptures out to back up the way they live, and they don't actually read them in context. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I'll put it out or not, but I made this just basically for me. And it's just this document, and it's like what is the book you're studying, who wrote it, who's it written to, why'd they write it, and what are the key takeaways in it. Why,
0: why would you not put that out? Well, why I mean, would you I, not make that available to people? I might. I might. I mean, there's other people that their mind works like yours.
2: Yeah, I might put it out. But the reason that I created it is because there's, I mean, there's probably millions of resources out there that already have that information. So you might say, well, you know, why, are you, why would you do that? But... There's something about going to look something up for the sake of writing it down and then actually writing it down, in my mind, that make that makes me remember it. And so that document, I just thought it would be cool to have that as you study each book of the Bible. You go through, you write all that down, it'll spread your knowledge, but then also give you something to refer back to and read it in the way that your mind processed it. So anyways, that's essentially what that is that I, that I gave you, and so... That's how I like to study. I like to read in depth and context. Sometimes I'll study topically, and I've kind of been doing a little bit of both, but I've been reading about suffering for quite a while now, and um, I'm reading this book called Why Us? When Bad Things Happen to God's People, and it's, a lot of it's kind of in Job. But for a long time, I'll hear people, they'll, they'll say, you know, if you're in like a, a um, gathering of Christians, and they'll start it, and they'll say, well, is there any praise reports and prayer requests? And, and they're always, people are willing to say that, you know, oh, God did this for me, and I interpret it as good, so it must have been God's will. And these things that I perceive as bad that happened to me, um, I don't perceive that to be God's will, and I need prayer to get out of that situation. I don't want to be in this suffering. And... I always, it's it just like back and forth with it. And I was reading this book and some scriptures and Job really put to, to words what I was thinking. And uh, the specific verses are in Job chapter 1, 21, and then chapter 2, verse 10. But uh, 1, 21, it says.
0: I got it right here.
2: Okay, read it. <clears throat>
0: I'll start in verse 20. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, naked I came out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. And the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
2: Yeah, so here this is immediately following all of Job's servants coming to tell him what has happened. Now, all of his cattle has been either stolen or killed, and all of his family, all of his kids. Uh, also, they died. It says a windstorm came, blew the house on them, killed them. And so Job is, obviously, as you can imagine, this prob- he re- probably received all this news within a matter of maybe an hour because while one servant's speaking, the other comes. While that servant's speaking, the other comes. So it's back to back to back, and he's obviously... Distraught, and so it says he uh, he shaved his head, fell to the ground and worshipped.
0: He also rent his mantle.
2: Yeah, yeah. And in the New King, <laughs> in the New King James, it says that he tore his robe and shaved his head. But the the part that really stood out was that how he responded. You know, he did those things, but he said the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. And then if you move forward into to chapter two, verse ten, his his wife begins to. Um, I have it here. Yeah, read it. But you might back up and read like in nine, starting nine.
0: Nine. Then said his wife unto him. So his wife didn't die. No, uh-uh. she's what he's got left. Yeah. Then said his wife unto him, "Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die." Boy, that's some rough advice. And he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips.
2: So we see in in that first scripture we shared how Job said the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Then his wife basically comes against him, the, the the lady that's the person that's closest to him, and says, "Are you holding to your integrity? Why don't you just curse God and die? Look at all this stuff that's happening to you." And he basically says, "How can we receive these good things from God, but then the bad things that that happen, we're not gonna we're not gonna say that's from God. We're not gonna receive that." Uh, Other verses say, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? And that just made me, that just put into words well what I thought of how people think that the situations they go through and perceive as not good, and, and they're not, usually those are things that are not comfortable. They make us feel bad or hurt or things like that. But we say those aren't from God because they're not pleasurable. And it's easier said when you're not in that situation, but I would like to think that if I was and I will be one day in that situation when I am, I have been before and when I am, even in a significant time, I would like to think that I would say this is this is your will Lord, here I am your servant. This is your will and I have to believe that this is from you. You allowed this to happen and I'll take what I can from it and I just want what I want people to get is that you can't interpret this scripture by your life that you live. So the things that happen to you, you can't look for it. You can't form an opinion and then look to scripture and back it up. You have to read the word and then live according to the word, not live your life and back it up with scripture. Does that make sense to y'all? yeah am i saying that right i mean it makes sense in my mind yeah
1: i I mean
0: this um this brings me reading this this brings me to a very uh interesting conversation that you know maybe it'll give chile a chance to talk but um I like what you're saying, Blake, and I think what that we see here in Job, um, the book that I'm reading right now by R.C. Spurl, Surprised by Suffering, R.C. describes suffering and death as a vocation that God calls us to. Uh, we it is it's a job that we all have to part, you know, go and, and partake in, and and um, and, I, and I think. We see this suffering in Job's life as a vocation that he's been called to endure, right? Mm -hmm. The interesting part of the conversation is I hear so many Christians say every time something, whatever, something bad's happening, they always say, Satan's attacking me. Mm-hmm. It's Satan. It's Satan. It's Satan. Yeah. And what makes it interesting is God, the creator of the universe is completely sovereign. Um he is he's in literal control of everything. Mm-hmm. Satan really can't do anything without the God the creator of the universe allowing it to happen. He's a he's sovereign, right? Yeah. We see that here in the book of Job. This is a great illustration of what I'm trying to tell you right here. So all of this suffering that Job is enduring is being caused by Satan manipulating the situation the, the, uh, of his life, but it's all being allowed to happen by the sovereign God that we serve mm-hmm. And that ain't that ain't gonna sit well with a lot of people. no that that don't sit well with a lot of people. They they just they, they can't wrap their well well why? Why would God allow that to happen? Right. Um so yes, some of the things, bad things that are happening to you in life are are a direct result of evil mm-hmm. right happening to you. But in, in, the, in, in, in reality, sovereign God, the creator of the universe, is ultimately allowing it to happen Yeah. for whatever reason.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that's what Job, I think that's what the book of Job answers is not why do we suffer, why, that don't, it doesn't answer to me why do we suffer, maybe in a sense, but I think the, the big question it answers is, is God worth suffering for? I mean, that's the big question because Job is suffering for God, just like you said, for his. It's ultimately for God's glory. That, yeah. That's why he's doing it because Satan is challenging him, saying, "I bet you, old Job, will turn on you because you've given him all these things and protected him. No wonder he's serving you. Let me take those away and see if he serves you." And he does. And Job shows, yes, God is worth suffering for, and I think that's the question. To me, at least it sticks out to me that's being answered. So when you're going through. Whatever you're going through, you can take heart and know that Christ is what God is worth suffering for, regardless of the reason, regardless of how it came about or what's causing it. None of that really even matters. You know, we see, uh, we see Job has all these questions for God in, in, in there. He's asking all these questions, and when he hears his voice, he doesn't even ask any of the questions. He hears his voice and he's overwhelmed with God, and, and he says, "Hey, none of that even matters because I now see how powerful you are." So he gets almost like a revelation from God, a, a renewing of his understanding of God's power, and he no longer cares about why he's suffering or why the things are happening to him. So, and God never tells him, no, uh-uh, he never. Job that, never knows that. That, and that is that is interesting about this book is when
0: when Job finally does. Question, sovereign God, why is this happening? God's response is not, well, this is why it's happening. Mm-hmm. God's response is to remind Job that he is sovereign, Yep, that he is almighty, yep. that he's powerful above all. And that's all he, That's he just
2: reminds him of that. And that's all we need. We all want this explanation. Think back to any time you've ever suffered and you want to know why, right? Why is this happening to me? Why why me? Why, why, why? But all you need to know is that God's sovereign and none of the other stuff matters. If you can trust that, it doesn't matter why you're suffering. And we see that in Job. Uh you know, we I,
0: I lost a we lost a family member one time, a tragic loss, and in, I'll never forget, a few years afterwards, we were having a conversation, and um, the well, I, I don't want to be too specific here, but we were having a conversation around this family member that we lost, and I, I made the comment that, well, yes, we should mourn, It's we miss this family member. But ultimately, I have, I have faith that it was the Lord's decision to call him home. And I received a vehement rebuttal to my statement that it was the Lord's decision to call that person home. And the rebuttal was, no, the Lord didn't call that person home. Satan stole that person. Satan took that person. And I think that's the advice that a lot of pastors give to people who lose loved ones. Mm -hmm. That wasn't part of God's plan. Satan stole that person. Yeah, It's bull crap, man. If you're a son or daughter of Christ... You've been bought and paid for. Even even Scripture says. I remember you co- quoting it a long time ago. Even Jesus said, "Nobody's going to take nobody from me." Yeah, ain't nothing. They know nothing going to take nobody from me. Satan is not stealing people off this face of this earth, sons and daughters of Christ, because he has the power to do that. It's ultimately in the hands of God the Father. Mm -hmm. And whether you understand his reasons or not. But I think it's a wrong way of thinking and a wrong way of speaking and a wrong way of believing to think that Satan has enough power to intervene and change the course of a sovereign God's plan for his son or daughter's life. And you might want to believe that because you don't understand the plan, but that ain't what's happening.
2: Yeah, and it saves the pastor a lot of explaining because people would say, "Well, how is how is God a good God if He took my son that I loved? How is He?" And then the pastor can say, "Well, it wasn't Him; that was Satan." And they say, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I yeah. get that." Yeah, and it saves a lot of uh, a lot of explaining, but. What you got to say, Chili? Uh,
1: Yeah, go ahead, Chili. Well, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm still...
0: Well, one of the other things that this conversation brought me to, when we think of, uh, when we look at Job, or we look at suffering in our own lives, I couldn't help but reflect upon the book of Hebrews in chapter 12, and a lot of us say, well... How does God allow suffering? In in one scenario, God will allow suffering as chastisement Mm -hmm. to you and I. All right? This is a wonderful verse, Hebrews 12. I've got verse 5 in here for some reason. Oh, yeah, I guess it starts in verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children, my son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. So God will chastise his children and rebuke you and I. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth every son. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as a son. For what son is he whom the father chastens not? And so here we see just a very direct example of one reason you might be suffering in life. If you're all confused, I don't think that's every case, but it wasn't Job's case. No, uh. job wasn't being chastened um and then at the very end of Hebrews chapter 11 as he's going through the uh, kind of wrapping up the heroes of the faith and he's describing in verse verse 37 the heroes of the faith they were stoned they were sawn asunder they were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in the dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, Received not the promise. And he goes on to talk about we have received the promise of Christ. And I just thought, what a description of those who were counted not worthy of this world, wandering in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth, but they obtained a good report A good report through faith amongst all of that destitute, suffering, death, stonings, temptation. They earned their good report through faith amongst those circumstances. That's what earned them a good report. So your report ain't going to come back so good. If you have just maintained some level of faith in all these in in this easy time, right, I just thought that was something that this conversation brought yeah. me back to Hebrews chapter 11 and chapter 12 in terms of this conversation around suffering.
1: yeah. Bishop Chile. Um. Well, I've got a question I want to pose, but I guess I'll read this first. It made me think of uh, Genesis 50. Uh, that is the last book of Genesis. I think it's the last book. Yeah. And it talks about the burial of Jacob and the death of Joseph. And there's a verse in there, verse 20, that says, As for you, you meant evil against me but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. Mm. So that just it's just another example of like not only do we not understand God's plan, we don't we don't even know what it is before you know everything happens and and you may never even see. Uh, yeah. And you know, I don't know how much we can understand any of it or or God's will but I guess the, first, the the question I want to ask and maybe I'll start with this we use the terms God God's will our will free will God's plan like is there a difference in God's will and God's plan I mean I think we'll establish that's the same that's talking about the same thing right okay is God's will always done on earth Because, I mean, that is pretty much the definition of sovereign. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. It, I mean, sovereign's in control, right? And it, But, like, is his will always done?
0: Yes, I think it is being done.
1: Because that is, uh, you would, I think if you sat people down, you would get totally mixed answers on that. And, you know.
0: It is being done. That well, don't mean well, that I have to like it.
1: Uh, yeah, but I'm talking about, is it always done? Because a lot of people's initial reaction is for sure it's, all yeah, I mean, he's God. It, it would have to be. Well, I mean, I go back to specific things like, was the fall of man God's will? I mean, that's hard to say it was, right? Because it's like, by definition, it wasn't, right? Like, he created the world perfect. That was, there was some level of intention for it to stay that way, right? Was free will God's will? Well, that's what I'm getting to. Like, I don't, I can't sit here and confidently say that we have free will like, like we all understand it. Or like I understand it. Like the, the free will that I've, you know, grown up just saying without knowing what I'm talking about. I've always understood it to be like I can totally do whatever I want to do. That's free will. Like I can choose to do whatever's presented to me, you know, but as we've talked about before, I've talked about before is I don't know. I definitely don't think that's a correct understanding of it. And I don't know what, how much free will we actually have so that, you know, and to me it begs the question, like if God's will is always done, if it is always done, then what, what choice do we have to me? It starts asking that question because if it was God's will for the fall of man to happen, then they couldn't have not done it. And if you are put in a situation where you could not, like there was no way for you to not do something, then how are you uh, culpable Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, this conversation brings brings all those questions back to the forefront of my mind, because because I'm quick to say, you know, like you can be quick to say multiple things, like multiple statements regarding this topic separately that all seem correct and seem fine. But then if you put them all together, there there's some inconsistencies, just like I think many people do. Many people have the temptation to say that good things that happen are God's will. And then they don't want to acknowledge that other things that happen that may not be as favorable to them. That's really what it comes down to on, are not, are, are, you know, that's not God's will. It's like, well, that seems like you're talking about your desires. Like (laughs) basically if, if it was good for you, then it was God's will. And if it wasn't good for me, it couldn't have been. It's like, well, that's certainly not the filter it goes through, but, but that's many people's, I believe, inconsistent view on the subject. And, you know, I'm I'm thinking, like, well, how much am I inconsistent? Like, how inconsistent am I if I go ahead and say, yes, God's will is always done, but then not in these cases? Like, I, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I mean, that's pretty much all I've got to say. I don't, uh, that's what it ends up bringing me to to thinking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this whole discussion, because.
0: Yeah, you know, I almost think that, um, well, first of all, this, this specific topic that Chili has broached here has been expounded upon throughout centuries. Uh, really good book, if you want to, to dig deeper into what Chili's talking about, it's called Willing to Believe by R.C. Spurl. Willing to Believe. Um, it's an entire volume on just this and analyzing yeah. the different uh, outlooks on this throughout history. And here's where my mind immediately goes of what what I, what I can be sure of right now is that <clears throat> the fact that things are continuing, thing, things are happening in the order, in the ways that they're happening, when I look at it from the ultimate perspective, yes, it is God's will. Because when I look at it from the ultimate perspective, the reason I have to come to the conclusion that it is God's will is because I have the faith that God could have and could at any moment End it all, immediately. And when I mean end it all, I mean literally make it as if it has never happened. Well, sure. That's what I not. That's what I mean by end it all. He could could literally wipe it as if it never happened, and and he has the literal power to do that at any moment. So the things that are happening, as they have happened since the dawn of mankind, it is his will to allow them to happen. The fact that it is happening means that it is his will. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense to you? So, So I can be sure about that. Because if it was not his will, and he has the ultimate power to make it as if it never happened, then that's, that's what would happen.
1: Well, well, ultimately, a lot of people also put their faith in the end that God's will will ultimately be done. And I don't know how you could put complete faith in that if you thought that all along the way, there were times where it wasn't being done.
0: Is that his will, for that to be the case, it has to be his will for it to be done right. literally every millisecond that passes.
1: Like, if you had faith that God's will is going to be done in the end, like, but all along there's things that are messing it up, well, then he's not in—I mean, to me that seems like well, He like he's not in as much control as you think he is, and you shouldn't be so confident that it's going to work out good because it seems to be messing up a lot along the way if all this stuff is not actually his will. If, I'm yeah. saying, you know— um but you know that brings us to well it is it is his will
0: if you look at it from that perspective it, it has to be there's there's no other conclusion unless unless you want to disagree with me and say that god doesn't actually have the power to uncreate something that he created and yeah, a- by
1: definition he pretty much has that like
0: yeah you, you but yeah you that then that would detract from who god actually is yeah, you, what god actually is that's a hard is. argument yeah it would be a hard argument for for you to make that, but that's my ultimate conclusion that the fact that it's happening at all tells me that is it is it is, it is it has to be his will because yeah. if it wasn't his will, it would stop happening
1: yeah and I can certainly follow that, but then that poses the what does our will do with it what is our will what is our will what is the nature of our will because God's would be complete.
0: Ours so, is
1: what you know.
0: <clears throat> I tend to believe. I, I I tend to believe more along the lines of, and, and this is this is really hard to comprehend. I tend to believe more along the lines of pre predestination. Well, that that's that's
1: within the frameworks of logic and reason that we utilize, I can make a much stronger argument for the fact, like for the idea that we don't have free will. Yeah, I really can. I mean, it's, it's stronger than, (laughs) than the opposite. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is. Well,
2: where is free will? And I mean, I've never studied it particularly in the Bible, but is free will laid out in the Bible, like scripture about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's even it's even talked about in Romans. And uh if you look at Romans eight and and really
0: Paul somehow understood this very well. Well because Paul can talk about that alongside right alongside predestination predestination. Right. That's yeah.
1: what I was getting at. Like I don't <laughs> Yeah, I mean Basically, to me, when people talk about free will, it's like... You got to
0: remember, Paul was caught up into the third heaven. He's seen (laughs) some stuff me and you ain't seen. (laughs)
1: You, You almost don't have to talk about free will or even mention it because we all assume that it exists. I mean, it literally is like a function of... We would almost go crazy if we didn't all operate as if we had it. Now, this may not make sense to people, but... And not that I'm saying anything above anybody's understanding, I'm just saying like I don't fully understand it but but basically, free will is a function of reality, like we we operate as if we have complete autonomy to do what we like. That doesn't mean we have it mm-hmm. but 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 we certainly do all operate that way mm-hmm. I mean. We, we don't do something and then think in our head, man, isn't that funny God made me do that? Isn't that f- I just ate this cookie. It's like, man, God made me do that. I mean, we don't think that way. Well, don't you know I don't need no more sugar? What'd you make <laughs> like, me eat that cookie you know, for? We'd be nuts. And, and to say that we, that God is, like essentially to say that we don't have any, you know, choice in the matter, then you have another problem. You have like, how is sin our responsibility? How is How does it fall on us then? Mm-hmm. But it goes back to other things that you've said. Not that this makes it easy to understand, but you could certainly argue that that's just the way it is and not everything works out for everybody in the same way. But the the, the traditional argument for free will is that, well, it has to be the case that we live under conditions of free will because God doesn't want slaves. Mm -hmm. God doesn't want robots. You know, he wants people to actually choose him and love him and serve him, and how could God send someone to hell that he made reject him? That's that's the traditional argument, but I don't know. I'm just saying...
0: Yeah, I've heard another another line on this topic that really made me think. One time, uh, I forget where I read it, but it was: "Does does foreknowledge imply right. predestination?" Right. Well,
1: that's the question.
0: Yeah. So, so that and that's a hard one to wrap your mind around.
1: Yeah, that's where Mullenism comes in—the idea that God has middle knowledge like basically it's a way of describing something that we can't describe because it's God. But, but saying that he has, he essentially has that ability Mm -hmm. because he's God and we can't fully understand how he has that ability because we, you know, there's a huge limit to what we can't understand. Uh, But. So, yeah, the the only thing that I can be sure, the only thing that
0: I'm sure about is that 30,000 foot view that I just went over a second ago. The fact that it's happening tells me that it is God's will, just by na- just by principle of the fact that it is happening. Meaning this, all of this, well, because and- it it could be not happening, not ever even happened, right? So, but then when you when you descend into the weeds, then these conversations in the weeds have been debated upon for centuries.
1: Yeah. And will continue to be. But, and I don't, I didn't want it to get in the weeds, really. I brought it up because it, it does actually, in my opinion, go along with what Blake was was saying. Is like, if you establish, is God's will always done? Then that helps answer those questions that you were talking about earlier, like uh, that you had with your family member that passed away. It's like, hey, look, you know, you're saying Satan did this. I mean, ultimately, this was God's will and can be made. For, for good, you know, that, yeah. that would be the...
2: Well, um, and, you know, in light of that, what is, what's y'all's take on the Scripture about where Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy? Do you think that's literal or not? And if so, then what is what is he stealing and killing and destroy? I mean, stealing, exactly. you know, so... That is, I think, that is... If, if I
0: dream this uh, it, like if i try to to picture this in my mind so that is satan's goal that is what's driving him but he is still bound yeah by a sovereign god so satan just like many people that you that you probably know and see and this and that like He might be doing things that he thinks that he's in control of, and he doesn't even realize he is actually still bound the entire time by a sovereign God. Whether he knows it or not, it's happening.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Right? And, um, you know, I can't help but, but be tempted to... Make the statement that God interacts with his children in our lives and you and, and actually has more control over our existence than the human beings who don't are not in relationship with God. But scripturally that would be inaccurate because we have seen. Sovereign God utilizing human beings in Scripture who are evil and pagan and controlling their life to bring about his will, the same as he controls our lives, to bring about his will. I mean, the, the prime example of that is is uh, Pharaoh. You know? Yeah. So I, I don't even think
1: there's a distinction. I just think sovereign is sovereign, yeah, yeah, I just have a hard time with with attempting to be consistent about because even just even just your own personal decisions and and your own personal uh sin and the uh good things that you do, you know you'll see people give i i, I sorry, no, go
0: ahead, I, I just had the the whole issue the whole the and you breezed over it but this is a big issue in people's minds and i'm surprised more people ain't comment about it on youtube even though i'm not watching the comments you talked about how does how does our how does our the the weight of our sin fall upon us how is it our responsibility right well if, i said if we if, ta- if we're talking about it in this context of you know what, what who's really in control here right and if our free will is not what we think it is because of our perspective on free will if if that's not the reality how can how can our sin be counted against us and how does god right. why why then would we need atonement right I think the atonement for our sin has everything to do with God the Father establishing true and completely righteous justice. I I think this is a hard conversation, but whether or not the sin that is in you is being done because of your free will or not, the ultimate reality is that it is being done. And it is being done. And so what happens is, is because it's being done, in order for God to, to be completely just, he has to atone for that. He has to. Sure, I mean. He yeah. has to atone for it. Because if he doesn't make atonement for it, then he no longer maintains his
1: position as God. Right? Well, no, I knew you were going to say that because that, I mean, that is the, that's, that's essentially the argument of, of it is like, whether it is actually falls on our choice or not, it's still there. Uh, I,
0: I just think we can get, we can start thinking too small about our, our own sin and think that the, the atonement of our sin is for only for us when in reality it is to it is ultimately to uphold god as as truly
2: just like you see what i'm saying here that like that's his means of of fulfilling his will he had to do that in order to remain he, where he's at yeah it, yeah it's, it's not
0: even a choice for him it's just who he is he yeah. can he cannot be anything other than what he is And what he is is completely pure, completely righteous, and the only true just being that exists. And so he can't be anything other than what he is. So the atonement for your sin, I think we can start thinking about it so along the lines of, well, well, this this is for me,
1: when ultimately it's more than that. Yeah, well, we're definitely getting to the end here because this is about to be a question that is—it's getting way too.
0: We'll get get ready to uh, <laughs> take some uh, yeah co- questions over but, there. If but but, but it's anything. worth
1: mentioning because of something you said earlier, when you said God could have done something different, and what was I speaking about? Uh, like He could end this all right now. Like He could do that.
0: But but I I don't even know I, I want you to understand what I'm saying when I say he could end it all right now. Oh, I know what you're saying. I, I don't mean like he could cut it off. I mean like he like God. This could just it literally it could have it could just have never happened.
1: Right. But that does bring me to the point of like when you talk about a an all powerful. You know. An omnipotent God. Well, I, and you what you just said was essentially like he how could he be different than what he is? Like he is what he is. You know, I mean, I'm not saying this right, but but yeah, the question is, essentially could God could 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 this look different? Could this have been different? And a part of you says, well, yes, God's all powerful. He could have done, this could look any way. There's an infinite ways this could have looked. And, and in another view, it's like, no, this was it. Because it's hard. Oh, man, it's so hard to explain. But like God, you can just stop with God is essentially. God is, period. So how could this have been different? Like this, oh, also saying, does that make sense? Yeah. Th- this, there's yeah. either infinite options or there's one option, and you could argue that, like, no, that it couldn't have been different because this was it. Yeah. This was,
0: which I think reflects the actual nature of God. Oh, that that this this was it.
1: Yeah. Which is, which is very interesting because I was almost going to say earlier that the reason that that's hard in regarding your sin is God could essentially have set different preconditions. Essentially, well, he could have just created us in a way that like this could all be different. It could all be set up different. And then I'm like, well, maybe I don't know if you can say that.
0: I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I know. I I get exactly what you're saying. And I I think a reflection a more a, a more accurate reflection of the nature of what we know of God and the nature his nature that he's revealed to us the better answer to that question is is this is this yeah. is it yeah it couldn't have been any other way yeah
1: yeah it almost yeah it almost seems like there's a problem with saying that but there's a problem with saying it could have been different too cuz it's like well if it could have been different then yeah that that is when you're really getting to the the nature of god mm-hmm. that i don't think we can i love grasp. um i love where where is
0: it i think it's in genesis my my one of my favorite parts of scripture is when god tries to describe himself to uh, moses and he literally says i am it's one of my favorite parts of the bible god's description of himself to you
1: i am (laughs) roger that son (laughs) roger that well he said uh well, he said a word that uh, that Jews thought you'd be killed if you said, right? He said Yahweh, right? And they literally, you know, that was literally the the belief that if you uttered that word, which just because they had that belief, it literally makes it odd to even say it. But they that that you would be smited, essentially. Like they would not say it, yeah. you know. I mean, it was that serious, and that essentially means I am, and that's that's what they. Yeah that that whenever they're writing down what was conveyed with that they just write that that for that word that phrase very I mean it's interesting I am so glad that I
0: serve a god that literally is so far out of the confines of my human mind that when asked, who are you, all he could say is, I am. <laughs> That's nice. I like that. I like that. Any questions from the tube?
2: There's not many. Uh, there, there's one here. What's up, here. YouTube?
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what, YouTube, if y'all don't start interacting more on these daggone conversations, we're just going to quit doing these live streams.
2: Well, there's a <laughs> lot right? of comments. They're just not questions.
0: I'm going to get fed up with y'all. If y'all don't want to interact <laughs> with us.
2: They're just not questions. <laughs> uh, okay. this, uh Ron Pacheco, he said, so would it be possible... Oh so, lord. <laughs> so would it be hold on would it be God's will for one to live sanctified and die to the flesh and another to live in sin?
1: Yeah, that's what we were. Which
2: kind of what we were talking about. But yeah. That's about that's uh it's about our only question other than how tall are you? How tall am I? 6'2". They just said you. 6'2".
0: Six 6'2". Six 100 100 uh, ninety-seven
2: pounds. Is Chili related to you? Here's another one.
1: Boy, six-two, one ninety-seven. That's a hoss.
2: Yeah. Did Chili change his socks this week? What age it? What age it is? Look. What, what look, age hey, is? See, look. You know, look. So,
1: YouTube. It's the end of the age.
0: After all the stuff that we've just been talking about, that's the best questions y'all can come up with. Y'all, y'all got this. look. Whoever's asking those questions. Y'all need to assess yourself. Where are you at in life? After the conversation that we just had, if you're asking if Chili changed his socks, you need to stop just a minute. Put this thing on mute and think about where you're at in life.
2: All right, that's. I'm gonna leave you with that. You, they, they started kind of coming in uh, as y'all talk. Well, that hit him. That hit him just right. Some, oh yeah, that Some hit people me. are saying. Some people are saying uh, this guy here. This will be very divided. Bearded, I red, say. double alt. Hey, guy. He said, "Man, please don't stop. I love these live streams. My questions are based on does this stuff even matter? Having these yeah. streams help me keep on the path." So that's encouraging. He's saying don't stop. Here's my questions.
1: We also um, s- when he said does it matter? Is that a, I mean, is that a legitimate question about do these conversations like you know, are we going to ever come to a conclusion? Is that what he's asking? Maybe. No.
0: Probably not. Yeah, we we have these conversations because it's fun. Yeah. We have these conversations because these conversations are the conversations in life that are worth having. We have these conversations because these conversations make you think deeper about the nature of God, the creator of the universe. Um, We don't have these conversations to draw any hard lines. Uh, Actually, most of these types of conversations will only lead you to more questions, which is outstanding. Outstanding. It is, that's why we have these. You want to know what matters? What matters is that you know that Jesus Christ is God in flesh, that he lived a perfect life, that he died as an atonement for your sins, that he went to the grave, that he descended into hell and bore the punishment that you deserved, then that he rose again on the third day and gave us all who believe in him victory, Over the punishment that we all deserve, which is death and hell.
2: That's what matters. He cleared up his question. He said, no, I mean, as in, is God real? Is the Lord real? As struggles in believing, these conversations help. These conversations absolutely matter. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Sounds like he's struggling and he's encouraging, saying.
0: I got you. I'm going to tell you what. If there is no God... Absolutely nothing matters. Well, yeah. It, well, it, I it, mean, you can't even like the, the whole. I was reading about this last night and surprised by suffering. If there is no God, li- like no, I I mean, down to the very foundational level, nothing matters. Your moral compass, what you do, what happened. Literally, there can be no meaning. So, you know, somebody, if somebody was to ask me, well, do you believe in God? I would first say, yes. I logically, I've come to the logical conclusion that this is easy. This universe and this whole thing has been designed. Yeah. Okay? That's easy. Do you believe in 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 the God of the Bible? Well, I would say well, what else like what else if I don't believe I might as well just go jump off a bridge. Like what what else do I have? I don't have any. Th- I have to believe this.
2: I'm screwed. If I don't, we all are. Think about that. I got two more. I'll read. That guy's over it. One is uh, no. They're yeah, got good questions. That guy's now. doing
0: really good. This was his podcast. I know he is doing good.
2: Robert Olson asked, "This is an interesting question. Uh, if we did not have free will, would we need Jesus?" essentially kind of going back to the robot. Thing. Yes. Right. Well, yes, yeah. I just I just well, said yeah, yes yeah. you
0: would need Jesus even if you didn't have free will because it upholds God's position as God. Mm-hmm. The tr- uh,
1: totally just, totally righteous. Yeah, I don't think free will or not would nullify that because you're I mean, we're still sinning. Yeah. I mean, there's still the Yeah, I don't that's what I was trying to get at to you guys. You think yeah. that the, the atonement for your
0: sin is just for you and so that you can go and and join God in heaven after you die. It's bigger than that.
2: I think he maybe he's getting at sin as a result of free will, and if we didn't have free will, would there be sin in the world, and would we need Jesus, I think is where he's going with it well that goes back
1: that goes back to the discussion on could this be any different like yep i mean so
2: that's that and then the last one is uh this guy's asking for your take on his situation basically houston skywatch he says my question is dark but honest lost a brother not long ago to suicide most around me claim that was god's will as you guys just mentioned how do i stand on that so it kind of goes back to the story you were sharing but I guess he's asking for more perspective on this as it pertains to uh the either his actual brother or or brother in some way that died to suicide. What's this fella's name? Houston Skywatch. Houston.
0: First of all, man. Um I hate to hear that. That's a that's I could I could only imagine that's a, this whole world is uh this life man is something else. It is something else. Um, you know the best advice that I can give in this in this situation and and here's the reason why I have to give this advice. Because whatever the whatever this uh, whatever the the whatever you need to hear, whatever the truth is about what you're facing, I don't have it, but I have one hundred percent confidence. That there is one who has it. There is one who has the answer for everything you're going through, everything I'm going through, everything that comes against us in this life, there is one who has the answer. It may not be the answer you expect. It may not be the answer you want. It may be the answer that you want. It may be the answer that you thought you needed. It may be something totally off out there that you didn't even realize. Just like the answer God gave to Job when Job asked why. That ain't the answer Job wanted. But it was what he needed. There is one who will help you with this. The Bible calls the name the Holy Spirit of Christ. If you will seek the Holy Spirit and pour your heart out to Christ and seek Him in prayer, in humility, with a humble and contrite spirit, He will provide you with exactly what you need moving forward. I'm 100% confident in that. But I, I don't have, I don't have the, the answer for that because I'm weak, fallible. I can give you opinions, but what you need is not an opinion. What you need is the truth, and there is only one source of
2: truth. It is truth. Or a uh, brother Clint Rufton hit us with one ninety nine in the super chat. He got a question. He wants us to answer. Appreciate that, Clint. Can God create a rock too heavy for Himself to lift?
0: Clint, what if I told you that God was
1: in a rock? Yeah, thanks for the super chat, Clint. But that's uh, your intellectual prowess is not showing today. I am that I am. That
0: means I literally am. Anything and everything that exists. Don't get
1: confused about that, by the way. It's just a a silly English language double negative. Can God not? That's silly. It's freaking goofy as crap. People have been asking that for years. Have they really? Yeah, smooth brains, man. Is it's, that a common question? It's a common smooth brain question, yeah.
2: What are they getting at by the question? Well, Clint, Can, see... It, here, because here.
1: if God could create a rock big enough that he couldn't lift, then he couldn't do something. But it's a silly English language oh, double negative. Okay. It's really I goofy. See.
0: Well, here's the thing. Clint is actually a very smart guy. Well, that's yeah. a smooth brain question. Yeah, I know. he, And he's, he's probably asking that In jest. to get us fired up. <laughs> I guarantee well, yeah. you he is because he's a smart dude. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that was a podcast for you. Dang near two hours long. Yeah. Good gosh almighty, it's
2: almost three o'clock. Shut this unit down.
0: Good gosh. You,
2: we didn't get started till mid of the middle of the day today anyway, so
0: That is true. Team PT this morning, ten mile ten plus mile run. It was good. I'm keep training. But these guys ain't (laughs) enough said.